Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Hey, it's great to see you guys. I want to welcome you to Blue Ridge Church, whether you're joining us online, uh, maybe this is your first time here, your first time watching with us, or you're here in person. I can't thank you enough for every single week that you're a part of this church, you support this church, you love this church, uh, and it's just great when we can all come together and grow like we all want to grow. So I'm going to go ahead and encourage you, if you do follow along with our notes, you can go ahead and open that Church Center app on your phone. If you don't have that, you can scan the QR code, or if you're watching online, you can just access that link at whatever platform you're using if you want to follow along with us today. So we kicked off this series last week called Getting to Thanks. I mean, we are in the Thanksgiving season. As a matter of fact, Thanksgiving is this Thursday. I hope you didn't have to come to church or to tune in to, to figure that out. So an early happy Thanksgiving, happy football day, happy turkey day, whatever to you. I hope you've got big plans uh, with family or friends or even you're going to do something yourself. But we kicked off this series because often we're not thankful. Often there's things in our life that prevent us from getting to thanks. And so we're looking at different things that kind of block the thanksgiving in our heart. And last week, I think we covered the hardest one that we've got to cover, and that is we talked about comparison and how we are constantly comparing ourselves to other people to see how we're doing in life, to kind of gauge where we're at in life. We've, we set this false standard because we're looking at everybody else. And we learned last week that when, when our life is all about comparison, there really is no finish line. Right? There's, there's no victory we're going to have when we compare. We're not going to have peace in our life. And so we learned that instead of looking at other people and comparing ourselves to other people, we've got to compare ourselves uh, to no one else. We have to look to God and, and listen to what God says about us. And we learned that God says that he adopts us into his own family when we have Christ. And he doesn't compare us to anybody. And so anytime God looks at us, he says, hey, you are okay because you belong to me. So what I want to talk about today, I think is probably the next hardest thing for us to overcome. And, and I want to look at something which is kind of a buzzword in our culture today, but I want to talk about entitlement because I think entitlement keeps us from getting to thanks that is because if we feel entitled to something, we're not going to be grateful for whenever that occurs in our life. Uh, we're going to be ungrateful for things when we receive them if we feel entitled to them. Now, on the other hand, uh, at least in today's context, kind of the opposite of entitlement is gratitude. When we express gratitude, it's because we don't feel entitled to something. Now, entitlement it was really, really easy to see in other people's lives, right? It's easy to see when other people feel entitled, but it's very difficult to see it in ourselves. Anything else we're struggling with or dealing with, it's easy to see, isn't it? In other words, I know when, when I'm having this battle inside of me between liking somebody and not really liking somebody. I know that's there. I know it's something I've got to deal with. Or if I'm harboring bitterness or anger 
or resentment towards somebody. I know that's there. I know it's something that I'm wrestling with. Or even when we let our fear drive us in life, right? And we don't let our faith drive us. We know that's there. We know it's inside of us. But entitlement is really, really difficult to see in ourselves. You know, I've worked with people in ministry uh, a lot over the years, even when I was in corporate America. And, And if you're in a management or a supervisory position, you know a lot of your job is counseling, right? It's not necessarily given direction on how to produce this or to do that. A lot of it's counseling. And, and what I've learned over the years is people will admit anything that they're struggling with, right? I've had people come in and say, all right, here, you know, this is the addiction that I'm struggling with. It could be drugs or alcohol or pornography. People in counseling will admit having an affair or harboring bitterness or unforgiveness in their heart. They'll talk about, you know, when they've stolen something or they've lied consistently through their life. But the one thing I've never heard is somebody come in and say, you know, Scott, I know what my problem is. I I feel like the world owes me. I feel entitled to this, Scott. I've never heard anybody say that. It's why when our kids were young, on Christmas morning, they never said, you know, Mom and Dad, you've given us entirely too much. (laughs) We don't need anything else, right? You never hear that because entitlement is so difficult to see in our lives. So what I want to do today is I want to look at an amazing story in the Scripture, and I think by looking at this story it's really going to open our eyes to this battle that we all face between entitlement and gratitude. And I think it's going to, this story is also going to push us after today to be more thankful, to be more grateful, to really give thanks. And the story is found in the book of Luke, in the New Testament, Luke chapter 17, and we're going to look at verses 11 through 13 to start. And the scripture says this, as Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Now, if you know anything about ancient culture, you knew uh, and you know that leprosy was one of the most feared diseases ever. And that's because there was no cure for it. And they thought at that time that it was highly, highly contagious. So leprosy was a dreaded disease. And if you got leprosy, your, your symptoms would start out, you know, just very mild. You'd experience fatigue. You'd have some joint pain, either in your arms or your legs or maybe in your back. I know what some of you are thinking right now. Gosh, I'll... I'll I've been tired <laughs> lately. You know, I, I woke up this morning, my arms were so, Listen, you don't have leprosy. You might be a hypochondriac, but you don't have leprosy. But so then their symptoms would progress. And, and they would start getting patches on their skin. And then nodules w- would raise up all over their body. They'd lose their eyebrows. Their voice would get really raspy. And over time, as it progressed, they would become so disfigured, nobody could recognize them. So it was a feared disease. And in Jesus' day, the first sign, really, of leprosy, it was a death sentence. It really was because you couldn't be around people. 
And the only people you really hung out with was other lepers because a lot of times they had leper colonies where they would put people with leprosy. If you ever did go into town, you had to uh, stay like 50, I think it was 50 yards away from everybody else. You had to ring a bell or announce that you were coming and that you had leprosy. And, and that was because if somebody came close to you, uh, again, they feared it was really, really contagious, but they would also be ceremonially unclean. They'd be unclean, considered unclean in the community if they came near a leper. So really what it meant is the end of your life as you knew it. You lost everything. You lost your family, you know, your children, your spouse. You'd lose your job. You'd lose your friends because you couldn't be around any other people. So this story starts out talking about these 10 lepers. So they're probably living together in a leper colony and they see Jesus. And they would have known who Jesus was. They, they probably would have heard stories about his healing, you know, how he made the sick well, how he gave sight to the blind, the deaf, you know, can now hear. They probably heard about Jesus raising someone from the dead you know, maybe Jairus' daughter or uh, the widow's son. They'd have known about the, uh, the feeding of multitudes with just a few loaves and fishes. So they knew, these lepers knew, we don't have anything to lose by crying out to Jesus and asking for his help. And that's exactly what they did. And so then we read this in Luke 17, 14 through 19. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. And this man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, uh, didn't I heal ten men? Where, where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. So Jesus healed 10 lepers, right? But only one of them returned and thanked Jesus for what he had done. The nine other ones didn't come back. And we read that and we're like, what the heck? How, how could they be that way? That, that's terrible. That, that's so insensitive. That's uncalled for. That's what we think when we read that, right? But here's what's interesting about this story that we just, we just read. Let's say that you and I could, could all get together and we could hop in the DeLorean, right? We could go back in time. And we could chase down these nine lepers after they've been healed by Jesus, and what would happen if we came to these nine lepers and said, hey, didn't you appreciate what Jesus did for you? What, what do you think they'd say? They'd say, that's a stupid question. Of course we appreciate what Jesus did for us. We are so thankful that Jesus healed us. Jesus gave us everything back. He took away our leprosy. He gave us our families back. He gave us our kids back. He gave us our jobs back. He gave us our friendships back. He gave us our status back in society. Of course we're grateful. Of course we're thankful. Why would you even ask that? See, I bet if we went back and talked to those nine lepers, 
they wouldn't even realize that there's an unclosed loop in this story because their hearts were overflowing with gratitude because of what Jesus did for them. But you know what the problem was? They never expressed it. And so learning number one, we often experience gratitude, but don't take the time to express it. And listen, this isn't a problem with these nine lepers. This is a human problem. It's why next month on Christmas morning, for those of you that have kids, I I think the same story is going to play out in homes all across the world. You know, a kid's going to open a package, and it's going to be from mom and dad, or it's going to be from the grandparents. It's going to be from an aunt, an uncle, a cousin, brother, sister, whoever. They're going to open a package. They're going to look at it. They may play play with it for a little bit, and then they're going to set it aside. And every mom or every dad is going to say the same thing. Now, what do you say? Right? What do you say? Because our kids need to be reminded to say thank you. But the problem is, as you and I get older, mom's not there whispering in our ear all the time. Dad's not there to say, son, what do you say? So even though we may feel gratitude in our heart for the things that we get or the things that happen to us, we forget to express it. And I get we're busy, right? Especially this time of year. People are going in a million miles an hour. We're going in different directions. We've got a lot on our mind, a lot of pressure, trying to get things done at work. And often, we don't even think about it, expressing our gratitude. So so here's something I want you to consider. When we don't express gratitude, we express ingratitude. When we don't express gratitude, we communicate ungratefulness. As a matter of fact, when we don't express our gratitude, we communicate entitlement. I'm entitled to this. I deserve this. I expect this. And listen, don't don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Unexpressed gratitude can still be gratitude. And oftentimes it is, right? But You know, we say things like, I appreciate what that person did for me. I love this gift or I enjoyed uh, what what happened. But because we don't express our gratitude, it communicates to others that we're ungrateful. And all of us have have experienced this, right? You've been the one who didn't express gratitude and communicated ungratefulness to somebody else. Or, you know, it's happened to you. It's like, man, I did something and they didn't, they didn't say a word. This could happen Thursday. All right, this could happen on Thanksgiving Day. Let's say you're the one that's, that's doing the meal for the family. And, and you've already started, right? You've bought the pies. You've cooked some casseroles. They're frozen. You're ready for Thursday. So Thursday comes. You get up really early in the morning. You put the turkey in the oven. And then you start throughout the day, you're, you're, you're shuffling, you know, what gets warm now and what's going in the oven and you're, and you're using all the eyes on the stove. You got the microwave and the crock pot cranked up because you want it to be perfect. And then it's finally time for the Thanksgiving meal. And so you call everybody in the family and your friends to the table and then you call them again and you keep calling them. And then finally they come to the dining room table and, and your uncle Right? We've all got that uncle, don't we? 
They turn the television right towards the dining room table and turn the volume up really loud because they don't want to miss a play of the football game, right? And then as people are talking and eating, somebody gets up from the table to take a phone call. And you look over at the card table you got set up for the, for the teenagers and they're, they're texting their friends. Well, everybody eats and then everybody gets up from the table and they go back to whatever they were doing. And they leave you with the dishes. And this upsets you. It, it makes you mad. Because you think they're ungrateful. But I bet if you were to go and talk to those folks in your family that had just eaten and said, hey, did, did you not appreciate that meal? They'd say, of course we appreciated that meal. It was an awesome meal. I'm so full, I can't eat another bite. Or I'm as full as a tick, you know, or whatever. They'd be like, yeah, it's great. The, the dessert was incredible. The meal was fantastic. But because they didn't express it, and I get there's bigger problems in the world than forgetting to say thank you after a meal. The problem is, though, if we get into a pattern of not giving thanks, if we get into a pattern of being ungrateful, that is a big deal. And so the reason I think there's this correlation between gratitude and, and entitlement is over time, if we get out of the habit of expressing gratitude, we are communicating entitlement to other people. And then what does that do to the people around you? It makes them angry. It makes them bitter. They harbor resentment towards us. And that's part of human nature, right? When somebody expresses thanks to you for something you've done, does that make you just want to do something else for that person, right? But if you do things for people and they never show any gratitude, you're going to stop doing things for them. That's why the Apostle Paul gives us an incredible challenge in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. And if you were with us uh, at worship night, this is one of the scriptures that played in that video that we showed. But he says this, be thankful in all circumstances. Not some, all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. In other words, be thankful in everything. In other words, develop a habit of appreciation in every area of your life, regardless of what's going on, and find a way to express it outwardly. So if we're really going to get this attitude of gratitude, if you will, we got to figure out ways to express our gratitude and show our thanks. You know, you, you can do it through your words. You can call somebody on the phone. You can text them. You can post on their Facebook. You can drop a note in the mail. You could do something nice for somebody who's done something nice for you to show your appreciation and to show your gratitude. But we have to express gratitude because if we don't, we're really expressing ingratitude, ungratefulness, and entitlement. Now, there's benefits to me and you to express gratitude. So it's a positive for us as well. Here's one of the benefits, learning number two. Expressing gratitude keeps us from losing perspective when things happen to us. In other words, the more gratitude that we express, the bigger our perspective in life gets. And if gratitude isn't a habit, 
in our life, if it's not something that we do, we're going to get discouraged in life anytime something little happens to us. Think about it like this. You have uh, the premium cable TV package at your house, 290 channels, unlimited internet. You can stream as many shows as you want. First of all, I'm very envious of you because I don't have internet or cable. Can't get it. But then, because of financial reasons, you've got to cut back. You've got to cut back to the basic cable, 45 channels, and now your data is limited to 100 gigabytes per, per month. If you don't have the right perspective in life, that little change is going to tear you up. You're not even going to still appreciate the fact you still have internet and cable, right? Or, or, th- or think about it like this. Yesterday, I was uh, driving, and I saw an, uh, this beautiful Porsche. It looked brand new. It's silver. I'm like, man, what a sweet, sweet car. Let's say that's your car, and you've been driving that Porsche for five years, but because you've had a baby, because of your job, because of financial reasons, you got to go to a more practical car, right? A common car, let's call it, a Ford, a Chevy, a Toyota, a Nissan, whatever. you got to go to a different car. If you don't have the right perspective, when you make that change, it'll never occur to you that 92% of the world's population doesn't even have a car. It'll never occur to you that you're still in the 8% of the entire world that owns an automobile. Right? It's all about perspective. So grateful people realize how blessed they are. They, they get to thanks, and they don't let little changes happen in their life because they got a great perspective. And the Apostle Paul is probably the best example of this because he developed an incredible perspective in life. Listen to this. Philippians 4 11 through 13. Not that I was ever in need, for I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with anything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or a little. He's saying, I've learned how to live under any circumstance. When my belly's full, when it's empty. When I've had a little, when I've had a lot. When I've had everything, when I've had nothing. And because of his gratitude for whatever situation he was in, he developed an incredible perspective in life. Listen to this, Philippians 1, 20, 21. This is a picture of his, his gratitude and his perspective. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. And what Paul's saying in a nutshell is, hey, the number one pursuit of my life from now on is going to be the kingdom of God. That's what I'm going to be about. But if I die, I'm going to be with Jesus, and that's going to be even better. Now, tell me that's not an incredible perspective. And so then later, he wrote this a few verses later, Philippians 2, 14. Do everything readily and cheerfully. No bickering, no second-guessing allowed. In other words, no complaining. How many times do we break this and we second-guess and we bicker and we complain? I just listened to some of the things I said this week. It's like, that's all you're doing is complaining. Think about some of the things we say. Oh, the weather's terrible. It's cold. I wish it would warm up. Right? Have you seen gas prices? Have you seen what inflation's doing to the price of groceries? 
Transitory? <laughs> Come on. Right? Or my wife, she never listens. My husband, he's lazy. My kids never respond and do their homework. Or our parents are always interfering in our life. Or my church doesn't meet my needs. Or my football team can't win a football game. Nobody in the New River Valley knows how to drive but me. Right? We complain all the time. What if we intentionally went out of our way to express gratitude for the things in our life and the things that we have instead of complaining about what's happening or what we don't have? That perspective in life is going to help us to handle changes, little changes, big changes. And we get that perspective by expressing gratitude all the time. Here's another benefit. Learning number three, gratitude brings joy to our lives. So many people get a blessing from God and they don't even realize it. They don't let it fill them with joy because they've never learned to be grateful. Have you noticed some people complain all the time? My father-in-law said some people would complain about ice cream, right? But we often go through life and we complain and then we relive our hurts. We relive our problems over and over and over again. But our blessings, we rarely ever count them. What if we reverse that? What if instead of reliving our hurts, we relived our blessings all the time? In other words, we just keep thinking about how blessed we are. Or if there's something like your vehicle or your house and you just kept reliving that blessing, God, thank you for this blessing. You know what it's going to do? It's going to fill you with joy. Whereas if you relive your, your hurts, you're just going to be bitter and negative all the time. Psalm 9, 1 through 2 says, I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all the marvelous things you have done. And I will be filled with what? Joy because of you. Colossians 3, 16 through 17. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Expressing gratitude helps us to maintain a perspective and it brings joy to our life. And the third benefit is learning number four. Gratitude will have a positive impact on all of our relationships. Why? Because it's changing us. And the change in us through expressing gratitude is going to overflow to the people that we're around all the time. You have a great opportunity coming up this Thursday to view your challenges and opportunities to be a chance to be the men and women that Christ has called us to be and express gratitude throughout our life and to influence people in our life. You'll, you'll notice it's easy to pick out grateful people, isn't it? Grateful people, it could be pouring down rain outside, raining for days, and they're talking about how much the farmers need the rain, right? And how much the trees and the grass need the rain. Or a grateful person gets sick, and instead of complaining about their sickness, they talk about how much rest they got and how it forced them to relax and to recharge and to refuel. Grateful people, when their football teams have a bad season, they, they, I don't know. I don't know. I'm learning this gratefulness stuff with you. But grateful people are easy to explain. 
right? And to see. But now ungrateful people, they're easy to pick out too. They complain about everything. They'll find issue with anything. It's like when we pray for our kids and then we complain about our kids, right? We pray for a roof over our heads and then we complain about our parts or wherever it is that we're living. That's why it's so important to express gratitude and surround yourself with people that express gratitude. That's biblical. Look at Proverbs 12, 18. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. If we constantly surround ourselves with people that are negative, people that complain, we are going to emulate those people. Wise people bring healing with their words. Listen, gratitude, a thankful heart begins when our thoughts of entitlement end. And entitlement is so easy to become ingrained in our mind. Let me tell you, show you how this works. My very first job, out of, uh, uh, I was 14 or 15, I worked for my dad at his office. Worst person to ever work for, he worked me to death. But, you know, cutting grass, uh, trimming the bushes, taking out the trash, cleaning the blueprint machine, copy machine, whatever odd jobs, I worked for dad. Then after that, I got a job as a bagger at a grocery store. After that, I went to a restaurant and was a waiter. The next job after that, I was a model for Levi Strauss. I'm just kidding. I I made that one up. But then after I got out of school, I got a job at Allstate Insurance Company with a salary and benefits. And man, I, I tell you, I thought, I have arrived. This is awesome. And those benefits, these are amazing. What a blessing this is in my life. But after about three or four weeks, I realized everybody that worked there got those benefits. And then with every promotion, you got to keep your benefits. And then other jobs would come along or a headhunter would call. And I realized, wow, those jobs have benefits too. All of a sudden, it just became part of the package. It became an expectation. Something that started out as an incredible blessing in my life, all of a sudden, after a few years, I felt like I was entitled to those benefits. And I think sometimes our constant complaining and not being grateful, I think it breaks God's heart. But more than that, it's not the way that we should live. And it's not going to help to be a positive influence on the people that are around us. It's a detriment to us. So as we finish up, let me ask you a question. Who is it this week that needs maybe a thank you note from you? Because listen, we are not who we are or who we've become because of us. Right? I'm not the person I am today because of me. It's because of all the people that have prayed for me and poured into me and encouraged me and trained me and put up with me. We're a culmination of all the people that have helped us to get to where we're at in life. So who is it that you could be uh, given a thank you note to this week? Because folks, let me tell you, we live in a culture where the majority of people feel entitled to everything that comes their way. But we don't have to be like the 90%. We don't have to be like the nine lepers. We can be the one who comes back to Jesus And thanks, Jesus, with gratitude in our heart for every single thing he does in our life. 
So here's the challenge for all of us. As we get ready to celebrate Thanksgiving, whether you want to be with your family or not or your friends, it's coming. So here's the challenge. Let's be a group of people who do everything we can to express gratitude this week and beyond. Remembering that by expressing gratitude, we're getting a better perspective on life. So the little changes and bumps along the way don't impact us. We're going to be full of joy. We're going to sustain joy in our life. And we're affecting the people that are around us by expressing gratitude. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much, truly, for everything that you do for us. God, we are so bad sometimes about being grateful and counting the blessings in our life. Lord, you saved us. You saved us from eternal death and paid the penalty for us on the cross. Thank you for that. Thank you for the blessings that we have every day, our families, our friends, food, clothing, resources. Lord, you're unbelievable. Help us this week to truly express gratitude every opportunity that we get. And God, not just to this week, but to carry this through our lives because of the joy that it brings. Lord, we love you. We praise you. Amen. I don't think I had anything I was supposed to announce today. If I did, it's gone. Welcome to my age. Listen, uh, as we finish up, if you want to Fill out those connection cards. Put as much information on there as you feel comfortable. If you've got a prayer request, please put it in. And uh, we'll have our prayer team pray through those the entire week. If you're worshiping through generosity, you know how to do that online. Or you can do that in the black boxes. I truly hope you have an incredible Thanksgiving. Enjoy whatever it is that you're going to do. And come back and see us next Sunday. God bless you guys.